When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working, and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality, and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hi, Anne-Marie again with you today. This is episode 159. Have you had an idea for a business? However, despite all of your hard work to launch and build the business, it failed. Or perhaps you've got an idea for a business, but it's never quite gotten off the ground because you're afraid you might fail. So that business idea remains a dream that maybe, just maybe, one day you'll get around to it. Well, my guest today is Mike Martin, and he has some very wise words to say about the topic of failure. And Mike is the co-founder and CEO of Audvisor, the world's first push-button app. An advisor has gathered the world's leading experts and thought leaders that include New York Best Time selling authors, award-winning speakers and executive coaches and they share no more than three minutes, so it's short and concise, pieces of inspirational wisdom to users around the world. And on today's show, Mike is going to share his thoughts about the importance of not being afraid to fail. In fact, he says it's okay to fail, but it's not okay not to try. He'll also be sharing some thoughts around how you can turn your idea into a business, as well as sharing some real life examples of users who have benefited from the advice on the Audvisor app and so much more. So welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you very much, Emery. It's glad to be with you today. So I've shared a little bit about uh, Audvisor, but please tell us in your words, Audvisor, and maybe the vision around that and, and what led you to co-create this app? Sure. Uh, well, in this particular situation, I have a partner. His name is Rajesh Seti. So Rajesh and I have been friends for about 14 years, and he came to me about three years ago with a disturbing trend was at the time doing some work, some consulting work with Audible. And he noticed that inside Audible, that there was a disturbing trend that people that were listening to non-fictional books were listening to them less and less and less. So with audiobooks, unlike regular books, you can actually track exactly how far somebody's actually gotten through that actual book. So in any case, he came to me and said, boy, this is a just something else ever since I've been there. It's, it, you could just see the graph going down and down and down. So we, as we were there, we were in a coffee shop and looking around and everybody had smartphones and were doing little things, you know, and then they come up, drink a cup of coffee, have a conversation and do a little, another little thing. Mm-hmm. We just started talking about this and it's amazing how we've actually, the society's actually been transformed 
into really bite doing everything in bite-sized chunks. Yes. And even at the time when I was sitting there, I was actually playing words with friends with my sister, actually. And, you know, you do one word at a time. And when I was a kid, we used to play Scrabble together, right? And, you you know, you'd sit down with the entire family and do that. No longer do you do that. You do this one word at a time. And everything's done in these little bite-sized uh, little slivers. Yeah. So it seems like the entire world has actually moved into this fast-paced, short little bits, you know, snacks versus meals, but the one thing that actually hasn't really moved is the aspect of learning. Mm. So Raj and I had you know, many, many conversations over the course of a year about the approach and how we could actually come up with a solution for this. And if we could only come up with a means to have people learn in a way they live their life today, then I think that we would be able to really make a difference. Mm-hmm. And that's how Advisor was created. So what were some of the challenges that you faced along the way? And the reason I'm asking you that is that I know so many business owners who've launched a product, launched an app, talk about all of the successes. And of course, we're going to talk about those uh, in a moment. But I think as entrepreneurs, we can also learn about what other challenges people had faced and how they got through that. I find that is so inspiring. So what would be some of the major challenges that you faced? Sure. And and I'll start off with actually just a, even a, saying a statement. I think you learn so much more from a knock on the head than 50 pats on the back. Yeah, for right? sure. And, and so, you know, in the beginning, when you're first starting something out, I mean, there's so many people that there's probably more people than not that will tell you your idea is not going to work. You know, in the beginning, you know, I've had people say, you know, why would I want to listen to three minute insights when I could just go listen to the entire audiobook? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense to me. And so you you get a lot of naysayers in in the beginning. It's tough to kind of fend off it, you know, in the beginning, but you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your idea. You have to look in the mirror, but you also have to be pragmatic. You know, if you ever watch Shark Tank, I mean, I think a lot of these things come up in in those episodes where just because you have a great idea, it might not be a business. You know, it might just be end up being a hobby. So you really have to be, I mean, one is you have to believe in yourself, but not to the point where it's going to be a detriment. You don't want to be Captain Ahab riding Moby Dick down, you know, down to your death uh, kind of a thing or just staying with it when the ideas clearly doesn't work. So there's, you know, I think that the, the, the key is that you're even inside of the, the app. Like as an example, when we're, you know, we've launched the app and we're finding out even right to this day that some things are working and some things aren't. And you have to be willing to actually look at that, look at the numbers and be able to actually move off of the things that aren't working and actually make make adjustments and make quick adjustments. So the faster adjustments you can make are the chances that you're going to be more successful in the end. Mm. I think that the one thing that some people do, why they fail, it's not that they, everybody fails. You, you know, you fail in little bits, but you have to fail fast mm. and mm. you have to be able to make those adjustments. So, and the adjustment might be a major adjustment to the point where, you know, your entire idea doesn't work. But I think if you talk to many different entrepreneurs, you find that the project that you started out actually doing, what you thought it was going to end up looking like, really looks nothing like it does, you know, about a year or two down the road. Yes. Uh, yes. Very few things are exactly the same. So you have to really be, really be pragmatic. You got to look at to be a realist, but you also have to have uh, confidence and belief in yourself when nobody else does. There's a lot of things that have to happen right in order for things to go well. 
And I think that's important and, and, and something you said, which I think is great, and I'd just love to spend a little bit more time on that, is the fact that once you launched a product, and in this case, of course, it's an app, but a reminder for all entrepreneurs, when you launch a program or a product, the feedback that you get from clients and customers who are using the product, they're interacting with it, their feedback can be brilliant for you. Now, some of us can look at it, oh, it's criticism, they don't like it and so on. But I'm sure in your instance, what you did, okay, well, there's some issues here. Let's make it better. Let's create something else that's something a little bit differently or, or tweak here and there. And when we go with that frame of mind, we're consistently transforming and evolving this app, of course, in this case, but our product, our program to ensure that the delivery of it or the program itself is really what our customers are looking for. Yes? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I used to do some work with Apple Computer. I was actually on the executive steering committee for a couple of years. And I remember one question early on that was asked of me at one of the very first meetings, executive steering committee meetings that we had was, what should we be looking out for? And I said, you know, besides a couple other things, but the one thing that's relevant to what we're talking about here is don't try to create the perfect system because it's never going to happen. You need to get it to the point where you're actually getting as much value as you can and it's ready for the market, but it doesn't have to be perfect. It's You're going to spend at the end of the day, like 90% of the time on 10% of the features and functionality because you believe that that's what's going to be needed, but you really don't know until you get it out there and whether your user base is the entire world from consumer perspective, like in our situation, or in fact, it's just the customer, but you have to get like like a customer from an enterprise standpoint, you have to get it into the hands of the customer. You have to see how they're actually using it. And you have to be able to be willing to move off of your own personal idea because it really, at the end of the day, has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. has everything to do with the customer. Yeah. And if you can believe in something and believe that, you know, everybody as an example is going to want to have, you know, get their email off your microwave, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you find out like nobody would ever do that. No. Um, so... <laughs> But you see a lot of that happening all the time that they they put so many so much effort on these small features and functionality that nobody ever ends up using. Yeah, so. absolutely. And let's face it, our consumers can, when we open ourselves up to that, can provide us with feedback that we could never in a million years, even if we've got sort of like a, a dream team of, of brain trust and, and advisors, could never have come up with because our consumers are out there, they're, they're using the program or they have these needs. And I guess asking them for their feedback can really provide us with some some great insights that we just could not uh, have thought of ourselves we were just to rely on on our own thinking and what we thought our market wanted. That's correct. And, you know, one of our experts, Tom Peters, he always says, nothing not worth measuring is worth doing. Mm. So I think the one thing is that you have to, do also is not just put the product out there, but make sure that you have ways that you're going to be able to feasibly measuring what you're actually doing yeah. and having the metrics that are in place that gives you that information back because there's nothing worse than going through life blind and thinking that everything's great when nobody's actually actually using something. I'll give you an example. In our app, admittedly, when we launched the app, I looked at the first set of numbers after maybe a few weeks of using the app. And I noticed a really disturbing metric, which was nobody was pressing the menu button that we actually had. And I couldn't understand, like, why is nobody pressing this menu button? And it was obvious that people didn't know that that little hamburger icon that we had for the menu was actually the menu button. (laughs) 
So overnight, I said, let's just turn it into a button. Let's just say the word menu. And then all of a sudden, the numbers you know, skyrocketed <laughs> yeah. the, the next day. But just because I like everybody knows that the hamburger menu is the menu button. But actually, in reality, nobody knew that it was. Yeah. At least yeah. not our users. It can anyway. be so simple, can't it? You're racking your brain and it's like, okay, one simple tweak. So hindsight is, is such a wonderful thing. So I, I wonder if you'd like to share any insights. Is there anything that you would do differently looking back to the, how it's progressed? Well, I think, like I said early on, I mean, the, the knock on the head's worth 50 pounds on the back, but you learn so much from your failures. You learn so much more from your failures than you do from your successes, frankly. And, you know, I look back on, yes, there's, of course, there's things I look at I mean, I wish I had that menu button <laughs> as an example, right? Coming out of the gate, I wish I would have done a lot of different types of features and functionality instead of spending some money. We, we have this equalizer, right, that people can actually push. And to this day, nobody knows you can push that to actually stop the, the actual insight from actually speaking. But it looks really cool, and I thought it looked cool. We spent some money, you know, extra money on that that nobody ever probably even recognizes. So there's a lot of things like that, but you – you can't get to the success unless you go through a failure. That's why I say don't be afraid to fail because out of failures come successes. And you can't it, – it just never skyrockets. There's very few stories out there, frankly, like Google and Facebook and, you know, and Twitter. I mean, a lot of these things, you go through bumpy roads, mm -hmm. right? You go through highs and lows and you learn from the things that don't work. And, frankly, Facebook has even gone through that, you know, quite a bit with some of the features that they put out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge reminder and I know that many entrepreneurs we have great ideas and we launch them and and we just love and think oh everybody else is want, wants to have this or would love to to invest in this and and yet ultimately the results show quite differently and it's such a good reminder that failing does not reflect directly on us that we are a failure. I love the saying that I heard uh, many years ago when I did some training that was you know there is no such thing as failure it is just feedback, feedback that try something differently, change something, eliminate something, do something differently, and you'll get a different result. Yeah, if people, I mean, if the inventors, in fact, were afraid of failures, nothing would ever get invented. A friend of mine actually invented this little tool, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's, you use your knee, it stretches rugs. All carpenters use it to, when they put yes out there. And that was, I think, his invention number 62. Really? I guess what? The the other 61 were all failures. Yeah. He had, he had 61 failures and one item that, that he's retired, he's made millions off of it. Wow. But if he would have quit after the first invention or two or after the first 50, yes. you know, we would have never been able to actually get to that that last one. But I'm sure he's learned so much from those early on. I mean, not everybody's, you know, over 60, but you got to hand it to somebody like that that keep, you know, keeps trying and, and perseveres and oh, gets yeah. through the, the all the failures. But yeah. and we all benefit from that. Yeah, we certainly do. And it's such a great reminder. And some ideas that you hear about that have made, you know, millions, multi-millions, you just sort of think, really? I mean, I, I know I we see carpet layers use those devices and uh, really are quite ingenious. And in fact, speaking of different uh, innovations, I can't remember the name of the show, but it does come from the US. 
and it's these guys who are meeting with 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 creators and innovators and they can share their idea and if, if they think it's a great idea they'll invest in it but the guy who is running the show and obviously the host he created these false teeth or, and but they look like the horror teeth and all buck teeth and dirty you right. know teeth I, don't, I can't remember the name but he's made I think when he advertises the show it's a billion dollar business from these ugly looking teeth that obviously kids use or you know that you use on Halloween or something like that I mean who would have thought that that would be something that would you know be a billion dollar business sometimes you just don't know and you really could be sitting on a gold mine yeah imagine if he came to you right without you having all that knowledge and say hey what do you think of these teeth would you like to invest <laughs> That's money right. in this? I'm going to sell these teeth to everybody. Yeah, it's right. right. Mm-hmm. You like look at them like I wouldn't give you a penny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's just a, it, incredible. So mentioning that about coming up with an idea or someone has an idea, what advice would you give someone to step forward and they didn't really know where to start? What would be some things you'd share with them? I think you have to honestly ask yourself, would you pay for this? Mm. Would you pay for this service or this product? or And how is it actually solving something? I think the first thing you have to do is say, is identify what the problem is and then say, I have a solution for that problem. And then not just have a solution. And again, once again, I think that people have to be willing to actually pay for it because if nobody's willing to actually pay money for it, or if you don't think it's going to be, I mean, unless it's a situation like Facebook or Twitter that everybody, you know, you get WhatsApp, you know, where you have mm-hmm. 500 million people actually using it. That's, you know, I think that's what you have to start with. And then the next big test is, is somebody willing to invest in it? If, if you go on around and you can't find anybody that's willing to put any money into this, that should be a red flag to you as well. Mm-hmm. But, but not everybody's going to want to invest. But if you have nobody that wants to invest in it, that should send some signals that be like, maybe this isn't exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And I think also too, for any aspiring entrepreneurs who've got an idea for a business, surrounding yourself with people that who will support and who can provide you with some mentoring and, and perhaps have walked the journey. I think that's also important too, isn't it? Otherwise, the inner critic and again, the naysayers who often we find come out of the woodwork with all of the reasons why it's not going to fail. We need to surround ourselves with the people who will support, who will honestly give us uh, the critique, but not in a way that keeps us stuck, but rather how we move forward in the best possible way. Is that what you found too? You surrounded yourself with key people who would support you in that way? Well, actually, even I'll even go even further from that. Anybody that works with us has to believe wholeheartedly that this is going to be a, a big success. Mm. I'm talking about the people that we've outsourced for design or the development team, or it doesn't really matter who it is. We've had some people that I wish that, you know, that I think that they were they're brilliant at what they actually do, but they frankly just didn't believe in what we were doing. And now we're probably looking back and saying, you know, holy cow, I was probably wrong there. Mm. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, who knows? They might be right. There's probably the naysayers ultimately might be right, right? But you still have to surround yourself with people that believe in what you're doing. Yeah. So I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the the saying, success breeds success. So I would love for you to share some real-life examples of how users have benefited from the advice that they've received from your incredible app, which, of course, we know is Audvisor. Well, one actually that stands out to mind is actually it's one of our investors, frankly. He owns several Mercedes-Benz dealerships. 
And unbeknownst to me, he has been taking the Advisor app and he selects one insights every day and he brings it into his management team. He plays the insight at the management team, stops it at the end of the, the insight and has an entire meeting every single day around that particular insight. Wow. And I mean, here's a two and a half minute insight. And he would say, see that? That's what we should be doing, right? Why aren't we doing more things like this? And that actually really resonated really well with me because that's exactly what we're intending. The, the content that we have is can be so powerful to you. I actually personally, I know it sounds very self-serving, but you know, when I started listening to the app, admittedly, I was listening to it from a technical perspective. Yes. In yes. other words, I was listening to it. Is the audio right? Is, you know, do I hear anything in the background? How is that the, the insight flowing in with the voiceovers, et cetera? But the very first insight, it was just, maybe it was just a coincidence, happened to be the same exact time that I was actually creating our business plan or modifying our business plan. The insight topic was about creating business plans. And all of a sudden, I stopped listening to the insight from an audio perspective. And I started listening to what this person said. And what they said in that insight made me alter the way I was actually creating my own business plan for this company. And so then that caused me to like, I say, well, what's the next insight, right? And then what's the next one? And I started, and, you know, not everyone's going to be that epiphany, but there's a lot of, you know, fantastic content that's in there that could alter the way you actually approach any situation. So mm -hmm. I think it's very, very powerful app. I think, you know, when you were talking about attention spans and how you keep the, the audios, the tips here, the insights uh, to three minutes, I mean, three minutes may not sound like a very long time, yet you can provide some incredible, well, in, we'll use the word insights, into that, that three-minute audio that really can change a decision and, and can tweak a, a step that you're going to take similarly to what you've just explained. So, and, and so often I think as entrepreneurs, when we're looking from a you know point of view of, of building our business and marketing and doing all of the things that we need to do, because there is such a plethora of information out there and we often you know try and absorb everything, we become overwhelmed. So in this instance, I love it and how this, this other guy was using it with his business. Here's a three-minute snippet. How are we going to, to allow that insight to really help us focus our day and, and generate great results? It, I think it's um, gold. Yeah, I think, you know, really what happens, I think, is that, you know, when you look, I'm sure if you're sitting where you're sitting and you look over and you see a book that's or a magazine or whatever, people like to start and finish something. Mm -hmm. And so the reason that some people don't start reading books because they don't know that they're not going to finish it. But everybody says, you know, I have two minutes. This insight's two minutes and 10 seconds. I have two minutes to listen to that insight. And so you have a feeling that you can start and actually finish it. And you say, wow, that was really powerful. Kind of like what I did. I was like, you know, I mean, we're all on the go anymore, right? Our lives are so much more complicated than it used to be. But we have, uh, I think, you know, just reached that, that point that our attention span has gotten diminished to the point where we really can't pay attention to anything at, at any given time. I mean, you have a thousand different things that are going on at the same time. YouTube did a study and they found that the people's attention span didn't diminished significantly after 2.7 minutes. So go. that's how we came up with the three minute mark uh, because we said, why not just leverage what the studies are already showing that we, what we already know. Mm -hmm. And I think that what we're looking for is 
what we're looking to solve is, is to find those small unused pockets of time, such as, you know, in the commute to the car or while you're waiting to get your Starbucks or in between meetings or on a hike. And these little pockets of time that, that go unused. And if we could actually, you know, add value in that time period, then I think that we've actually added a lot of value to the user base that's out there. Yeah, absolutely. I um, totally agree. So, all right. So we've listened to some of the great advice that you've shared about how to get our idea off the ground and how to launch that. If people are listening today and they want to find out more about Audvisor, how would they do that? Well, first of all, we're available worldwide on the App Store for iOS as well as on the Google Play for Android. Mm -hmm. You can also reach us at advisor.com. You could go to our Twitter page at at advisor. And we'd be glad to hear from you. Yeah, fantastic. And at this stage, obviously, for people who want to be inspired and who want to really benefit from those insights and those three-minute insights, I'm assuming they come out, there's one every single day, or can we subscribe to different people who are, you know, experts and, and thought leaders on Audvisor? Is that how it works? Yeah, well, apps, first of all, the app is absolutely free. So it's not going to cost you anything. And we have somewhere between 800 and 1,000 insights that are in there right now. Right. We have another 2,000 insights that are ready to be released that we haven't released yet. But we have about 130 fantastic experts. And as you said in the beginning of the show, they're New York Times bestselling authors. They're award-winning speakers. They're executive coaches. And some of these people are do consulting work for Fortune 500 companies. They charge thousands of dollars per hour, yet mm -hmm. they're on our advisor app actually leaving free insights. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that the insights that you're listening to aren't scraped from YouTube or, or out on the web. There are 95% of the insights are exclusive on advisor. We've interviewed the experts. We've actually created the questions and their answers are what you're finding as the insights on our app. Mm. So. Wonderful. I think everybody be inspired in some way or another. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. And we'll make sure that we'll put all of the links to all of those great resources on our show notes as well. If someone is listening today, Mike, and they think, oh, you know, they're an expert in their field, are you looking for more advisors and, and thought leaders to become part of your team? Yes, absolutely. Um, if you feel you have, um, you know, the knowledge or know somebody or you'd like to hear somebody specifically on our app, then uh, send us uh, a uh, email at info at .com, And we'd be happy to actually take a look. And if they qualify, then we'd be bringing them on as an expert. Fantastic. Terrific. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show, Mike. Thanks, Emery. Appreciate it. Well, there you go, another fantastic show. So all of the uh, links and information uh, is on our show notes. Want to know more about that? So all you need to do is go to ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES159. If this is the first time that you've joined us on the show, it really has been a pleasure and an honor to spend some time with you. Why not go ahead and subscribe to our iTunes channel so that every week you get to spend a bit of time and listen to another guest expert. How do you do that? Just click on through to the show notes and uh, you'll see the link there. And while you're over there on iTunes or maybe you're on Stitcher, why not leave a rating as well as a comment? Uh, what did you think about the show? Helping us, or doing that helps us get our message out to as many other ambitious entrepreneurs. Anyway, that's it from me. Have a fantastic week, everyone, and we'll catch you next week. Bye for now. 
You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Do you want to promote your business to tens of thousands of other ambitious entrepreneurs, both nationally and internationally? I invite you to reach out and learn more about our customized sponsorship packages by emailing beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com. That's beasponsor at ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com and we'll send you out further details. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.